Welcome, guys, in the Red Half of Sheffield podcast. I am Chad Jarvis, joined by Noah Snyder, two Yanks who support the Blades. Noah, how's it going? I'm doing all right, uh, considering the circumstances. Taking two losses in at the beginning here of the 2020-2021 season. But other than that, all things considered, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there, doing all right. A lot to take from our two matches this week uh, against Wolves and Burnley, respectively. But I'm looking forward to talking some Blades with you. Uh, let's get into the 2-0, I wouldn't call it drubbing, but, I mean, the game was over inside of 10 minutes. Our 2-0 loss to Wolves in our first game of this Premier League season. So, uh, Noah, what are your thoughts? Well, I at the beginning of the game, I think I thought we looked a step behind uh, as evidenced uh, by Adama Traore just having his way with Jack O'Connell there in the first, in the first like 30 seconds, 40 seconds. Um, then, you know, you have Raul Jimenez scoring in, in the third minute. They were driving the ball down the left side. Lundstrom was uh, keeping pace, but he made a poor challenge that led to a cross into the middle. Jack O'Connell failing to mark his man, uh, who was Raul Jimenez, and that led to the first goal. Uh, nothing, nothing Aaron Ramsdale could, could do about that first goal. Uh, disappointing start three minutes into the game. But at, at, I'll tell you, when, when I was watching, I was, I was thinking, okay, you know, we're one nil down, but we've come back so many times over the last year. And then uh, six minutes in, we conceded again. And I, I was like, all right, probably not going to get back into this one. Um, that second goal, uh, Romain Seiss, uh, on off of the corner kick, again, poor marking. And in it went very kind of a similar tra- trajectory on the ball up and over Ramsdale into the top left-hand corner. And that, uh, that first 20 minutes, we just were not playing Sheffield United football. Very, very disappointed. Yeah, it was, it was very evident by just, it looked like we were so beleaguered and and tired. And it's like this team had looked so good in, in our preseason matches. And then to come out and lay the proverbial egg in the first match within the first 10 minutes and, and, we got played off the pitch the first, you could say the first half. I mean, once once Wolves got two goals up, they're like, yeah, we've almost got this in the bag. We just got to see this match out. But it, it just looked like everybody that was on, on the pitch, all 11 players, looked tired and looked like they didn't know what to do. And it was like, where is, is this Sheffield United team that we have come to – no in okay they'll go go behind and then we'll fight and claw our way back into the match and then we go two goals down and it's just like you know you saw their heads drop and it was like yeah they they don't they don't look like they're in they've they've got the fight in them to to come back and at least get a draw out of it if if not just get one goal and make it a two to one scoreline but yeah i i like I told you via text, I don't think Jack O'Connell needed to start this match. He was coming back from injury, and he gets thrown right to the wolves. 
not to make a pun there, but he gets thrown to the wolves and just gets, <laughs> he just gets destroyed. Yep. Yeah. Re- really kind of a poor game from Jack O'Connell, poor game from John Lundstrom as well. He, he Lundstrom didn't look like he had his heart in it this first game. It, it, I don't know if he's thinking he's on his way out, if we're going to be selling him during this transfer market, maybe to bring in some cash to fund another transfer or what have you. I don't know what's going through his head. He did look better as the game sort of progressed, but I'm talking specifically in the first half of the game. He just did not look like he had his, his heart in it. And over our, overarchingly, I'd say that really it did take us that first 45 just to kind of get it right. But unfortunately the game was over by the time we really had our head right in the second half, um, we started uh, pushing forward a little bit more, better in possession, better on the ball, good crosses into the middle. We had a couple of chances. We hit a post. We we really did have some good chances. And had this been a nil-nil game going into that second half, I would have said we were we'd be on odds-on favorites to win going in uh, with that with the second half that we played. But yeah. conceding those first two goals in, in that first six minutes of the game, really, really having to claw and fight our way back, uh, we I just didn't see us, as I had stated before, I just didn't see us winning this game. Yeah, and, and, and that was I, the result. I heard a stat this afternoon. Sheffield United had, I think it was 31 passes in their own half. The Wolves had only eight passes in their own in in their own half that we defended so Wolves was letting us have the ball in in our own end and we would we you know we're doing our Sheffield United high press and all that we were on them but it was like as soon as we crossed that halfway line the ball was going right back to Wolves and it was like this is getting it's it's like we can't break these these teams down where last year we were just we're going Adam and we we were throwing everybody into it in, into the fight and we were we were having possession. If you look at the stats, we outpossessed Wolves fifty five percent to forty four. And it and I understand Wolves thought they had the game in the bag in in the second half, so they we saw a lot more possession and we had more chances and opportunities to score goals in the second half. But it in the grand scheme of things, Wolves already knew they had a game sewed up at halftime. So they're like, hell, we let them let's, – let's let them on the ball. Let's let them have possession, have your shots, have your passes, do whatever. But if you mount any type of threat, we're going to snuff it out. And it just – to me, again, like we said in the preseason pod, we, we lacked a striker that is – it just – we can put long balls into and get on the end of it and score goals. We – we just tried to do our same narrow passing to the, the forwards, and, and it wasn't working. With that back line of Wolves, there, there was nothing. And not to mention they looked like they had been training and had been playing 500 competitive games compared to our first competitive game of the season because they looked like they had been on some, some good workout plans because they looked miles ahead of us in the first half. Second half, yeah. Kind of a little you, different story. Then the, you know the pundit. The pundits were actually s- stating that, oh look, this is a Wolves team that hasn't played competitively for a few, like uh, al- almost uh, a month, and they'd only just gotten back into training. I think a week prior to that, 
And, you know, there was some questions about their match fitness and they go in there and they, they looked great. They, they really looked like they were well-trained. They were fit. They were ready and rearing to go. And they took it to us. So we, we were playing the long ball game throughout the first, the first half of this game. And it was just frustrating to watch. I, I, I'd made some comments to some friends who are also Blades fans uh, that, you know, this long ball game is just not working out for us. And, you know, they agreed. It, it, it's just disappointing. Um, there was just no effort to maintain possession. It seems like as soon as we got the ball, we get rid of it almost immediately, not pressing our attacks, not utilizing the overlapping center backs, as has been our strategy from day one, really in the last four years, three years. Disappointing uh, uh, first game of the season in the Premier League. Hopefully we come back from that defeat, take it to Aston Villa on Monday, and come out with three points. As they say, there's only one way, and that the only way is up. I think we're 17th right now, so we're sniffing around that relegation zone. Could we be going down? Doubt it. Highly doubt it. Yeah, I watched a lot of the Prem this weekend, and there is a lot of bad teams. They are some. There are some teams that we are way miles ahead of. We, you think we look bad? West Brom. Ooh. They look bad, but yeah, I, I think we'll be okay. It's, this is just a hiccup, and that, and that's like Chris Wilder said in his in his post match interview of Wolves. He said, "Yeah, we looked like we hadn't played a game in six months. We looked like we had we were just beaten all over." He said, "But I, it's one game. We're gonna get the ship righted, and we're gonna get this figured out, and we'll we're gonna get back to." Sheffield United playing style. We're not going to sit here and we're not going to be, oh, oh, poor us, poor us. We got beat, wolves. And that's how teams get relegated. We're going to, I know Chris Wilder's going to do his best. He's going to light a fire under these players and he's going to get them when it comes back to league play against Villa. Watch, there's going to be a totally different side. These boys, by the time we play Villa, they're going to have two games under their belt. And they're gonna they're gonna take it to Villa, who I think is just splashing all kinds of cash, and we're gonna beat them. I, I hope that that's true, man. Really, really do. Um, so, want to talk to you about who you thought our our best player was in the game? I know for me personally, there was as soon as Norwood came off uh, for, I think he came off for Berger, um, or was it was it Basham who came off for Berger? I'm trying to remember. It. Was, um, as, it soon was as, Nor- as soon as it was Norwood. Okay. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as Berger came on, um, you know, we really look a different side. It just, it, it, it shows you how, how great Sander Berger has been in his development. Um, he looked, he's looked really, really good uh, the last, you know, three or four months uh, after the lock, after the lockdown. Um, and he came in and he really did sort of give us a little bit of energy. I, the way I, I would describe his, his style, he, he, he just looks like a horse out there. You know, he, his gait, the way he runs, it, it's just, it's almost like it's beautiful, but it's uneven. So maybe it's like, a, I don't know, like 
like a like a uh, adolescent pony or something like that. I, I don't even know how to de- how to describe uh, uh, Sander Berger and and his runs his runs when he's um, when he's running with the ball. It's just I, it's just something I've noticed, and I noticed it in the game today against Burnley. Um, but he looked really good um, in that in that Wolves game. Um, once he came on, I uh, he had his first shot today playing a, the full ninety. Um, and again, you know, we'll get we'll get into the our game against Burnley today. Uh, but I, he was my player, uh, man, my man of the match for for Sheffield United for that first game against Wolves. My man in the match, I would agree with you on Santa Berger, but I'm going to go with the guy that everybody on Twitter and all the pundits were saying they were throwing him. They were throwing him on the sword. I'm going to go with our goalkeeper. I'm going with Aaron Ramsdale. That first goal, he had absolutely no chance he was going to save that. And I heard, I think it was Phil Neville or Gary Neville at halftime on Sky was just ripping into him, saying he should have had it, saying Dean, comparing him to Dean Henderson. And that is one thing I am going to get sick and tired of, is every time a goal goes in that that said goalie would have saved, every time he lets a goal in, they're going to compare. Well, said goalie would have would have saved that. He's gonna he he has to form his own own path here. He's gonna be a great goalkeeper for us. So I just don't like that everybody was riding him. He had a good game. Yes, okay, he didn't keep a clean sheet like everybody wants. Everybody wants a clean sheet. He he plays keeper and he did what he what he could do. He did his best. Yes. That first goal was unstoppable. He could have maybe got the second one. It's it's a little up and down with him, but I think I'm going to go against the grain and say Aaron Ramsdale's the man of the match because everybody on from what I read on Twitter they were just blasting him. I mean, it's one game for the dude. He was at Bournemouth. He gave up 500 goals last year. He's a bit of confidence. We got to get behind <laughs> this dude. So, yeah, he's my man of the match. Yep. You're the man, Aaron Ramsdale. Yep. And again, you know, Ramsdale, this was really his first his first real match in front of, uh, um, you know, behind our, our back line, getting used to playing with everyone. This is a process. Dino had the benefit of having a full season um, in the championship with the boys. And uh, so he knew where folks were going to be situated and – I, I really think that uh, one, once he, uh, Ramsdale gets adjusted, um, we're definitely going to see some better play. Uh, I don't. I, it's one game. It's one game. I think people freaking out. You know, I, I don't think people are really entitled to freak out. Now, look, if we if we drop the first, God forbid, three or four matches, um, I, I, then maybe we, there might be something to say. But we're not there yet. We're one loss in the prem. Let's talk about Burnley in the Carabao Cup. All right. Yeah, a little bit of a disappointing um, result from our Carabao Cup match. 
at Burnley. Uh, United drawed the game 1-1 at full time, but ended up losing on penalties. First goal was from a Goldrick on a beautiful cross um, from, from Max Lowe in his start, uh, you know, four minutes in. And I have to say, I want to tell you, I, I really think that the kids looked, looked great uh, this first game. Yeah, they, I'd have to agree with you on that. Lowe played out of his mind. Ampadu, I was amped for Ampadu when when I saw his name on the team sheet. And like we talked on the previous podcast, we knew that the kids were going to start. And then the day before, Wilder says, yeah, the kids are going to play. So I was pumped to see him play, and he was a solid rock at the back. And then Lowe was doing his thing, and he got that assist on the goal. That was pretty cool. Definitely. It's such a relief. Uh- feeling like we have some replacement on the back line. Jack Robinson was unexpected last year when he would come in for, um, for Jack O'Connell. And, but knowing that we have Ampadu who can slot in on that back line or maybe uh, serve in that, in that um, Ollie Norwood position that it's, it just, it, it makes me feel so much more comfortable going into games when we might have an injury Somebody might be beat. We might have uh, two games in one week uh, in another cup or what have you. It just feels so good to actually have some coverage for our back line who most, uh, all three of them played 95% of the games last year. Yeah. Really, really good knowing that we have that, that, that coverage. Bogle looked all right. I I wasn't super enamored um, with his performance. He didn't, he wasn't over the top. Burke, he, Burke didn't really get a chance to get out and get into pace um, like like he like the expectation is and as advertised. But hopefully, we'll when Burke gets his next chance, he, he'll get some better balls into the area so he can really open it up uh, and maybe um, get out into the left hand left hand uh, either for a cross or uh, maybe get a run on ball in in the area next time he, next time he's he's playing. Yeah, for for sure. Um, and, and you could tell that uh, Wilder wanted to sub off, get get sharp into the game. So that's why he took took Burke out of the game. Sixty two minutes. It's kind of like, okay, you you got your run, you got your run in the game. Okay, let's try and go for this because it, it felt like we scored and we were in control of the game through the first half and then it got to halftime and it started and we, we started out like, okay, normal Sheffield United. We're, we're just doing, doing our thing. And then they, they go and get the goal. And it's like, all of a sudden we want to go for the game and we want to go and, and win. But then it, it kind of leveled out after that. Once, once Burnley scored, it kind of was like, they really, really didn't want to, we just want to get this to penalties and get this game over, get it to penalties and see who moves on. Well, I, I will tell you, it, it did feel like we were turtling a little bit after, uh, you know, for the first 10 to 15, 20 minutes after the um, the start of the second half. But we did have some good chances uh, towards the end of the game. McBurney had uh, had a shot that he put into the, the, the side netting. Um, there, there were a couple of blocks in the box. I'd say that in the second half, we did have quite a few good chances, but you're right. At, at some point, it just felt like, all right, let's get on with this. We're going to, we know that this, this is going to go to penalties. Yeah. We're, we're not for that, that one McBurney miss where he just put it into the goalkeeper's feet. Yeah. 
we might we might be moving on in this cup but like we had said we'd we'd said this earlier we're we're not super concerned with this cup it's kind of a secondary cup it doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot as we've stated before our goal is to remain up this year not you know not playing those extra midweek games when we have important premier league games on saturday or sunday um is is important in in the long run granted you know, I, I would like to see uh, this lineup get stretched out a little bit, get there, you know, get the feel for the game, get the feel for the system. But it was a good sneak preview of what we're going to see both this year and potentially in future years with with these younger kids, well, Max Lowe, Bogle, Ollie Burke, really, really uh, all shined in, in one way. But uh, really, Max Lowe was the highlight of the game for me. He was. Um, I, I'd say he, he was my he was my man of the match. I, I yeah, absolutely chuffed about him. Oh yeah, the future looks bright. The future, yes, okay, we're gonna lose Ampadu back to loan at the end of the year, but the future looks bright on the on the kids we bought from Darby and then then the swap deal for Burke. Yeah, it, it looks it looks really good. It's a shame we've gotta wait now until the FA Cup starts in around in around Christmas time. So those they, they might not get as much run in the team as if we would have progressed to this to where we would have been playing again this week and they would have got more run out and would have got used to the system. But, you know, those first couple of rounds in the FA Cup when we're facing League One, League Two sides, you know, they'll be able to get play a full 90, you know, they'll be able to get in because come Christmas time, our starting 11 is going to be – dog tired because of the the fixture congestion. I mean, we're going to – it's almost like we're going to be playing almost like a championship season once we get rolling in this thing. We're going to be playing every three, four days. And so you never know. One of these kids have a good game, and they get, they get stuck in the, the first team for a prem, a prem game. Yeah. I'd say in the near future, um, we'll see. We'll probably see more of Ampadu. I'd actually like to once. So once Bo, uh, Bogle was was subbed out, uh, we brought Basham in, and Ampadu kind of moved up into that into that mid midfield position. That's real. That's really where I think there's the most intrigue, as far as Ampadu is concerned. Uh, that's where I want to see him play. It's nice to have that coverage on the on as center back on the on the back line. Uh, but for me, for me personally, I don't know about you, but that's really where I, I see the more the most intrigue for Ampadu is up in, up in that uh, center mid. Yeah, he, he's like a holding defender. I put I watched him when he played in very few games for Chelsea before he got sent on loan. But but that's where they were having him play was in, in holding midfield and right in front of the back line. So you can stick him in and and if he's he is a rock in that position, then it's going to take a little bit of the stress off the, the back line. And they're like, okay, we've got, we've got almost our safety net in Ampadu to take the stress off of us so we can worry about the wide players or we can play real narrow and prevent give, – give the opposition strikers uh, fits. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And the other important point, which I, I don't think we brought up yet, is this is a Burnley side that is very typical of what we'd see when we're playing them in the Prem or when, when they're playing in the Prem. And, you know, their, their strikers are 
those are th- those front two, Vidra and Rodriguez. Those are their their strikers regularly that we see, and the fact that uh, our you know. I don't want to say our second team, but uh, a lot of players from who are not typically starting for United uh, playing well against this team really, uh, really, I think is um, uh, it's a good sign. Really, really good sign moving forward. Yeah. And, and to add to your point, yeah, when I saw the Burnley lineup, I was like, okay, they didn't play last weekend because of their game got postponed because I think they played they were supposed to play United or City one of those two teams but you know they got their United and City's games were delayed one week but they put out a really strong team like what we're going to face if we were if this was a prem game and our our changed chopped and changed side we played pretty good not having our back line was completely rested and we had all, all these, all this youth in there and we took it to them for good 55, 60 minutes before the goal went in. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so we have some, we have another game to look forward to on Monday, September 21st. Uh, our next game in the premier league is against Aston Villa at Villa park. What are, what are your thoughts on, on this game that we got coming up here? Hawkeye Gate Part Two. Yes, we're gonna get our revenge for the uh, if you want to say ghost goal, no goal. It should have been a goal, but wasn't counted. You think we're gonna get a cheeky call our way? Something that's we're, maybe questionable via v- VAR as, we, as recompense. Def- yeah, we we definitely we definitely deserve uh, a call. So hopefully we get like a cheeky penalty or or something to to make sure we win this one. Because Villa honestly owes this one. Because if that ghost goal goes in, they're down. They're not. We're not playing them this year. They're in the championship. That's true. So they saved when when we drew against them. In the grand scheme of things, they would have been in trouble, and they would have had to do they would that last game. They wouldn't have stayed up. They would have been down. They wouldn't have had points. They would have went down. So yeah, Villa Villa owes us one. But I think I think we're going to handle this one on on our own. I, I don't. I'm trying to remember. Was it one point that separated Villa from? Was it Bournemouth that was uh, that finished 18th last year? Yeah, it was it was uh, one point because I think Bournemouth had a draw and they lost on the last on the final day, and um, Villa won. Yeah, so they stayed up. But I, yeah, it, it was one point. I, I think all Villa needed was a draw or a win, yeah. and they were safe. And then they got that. They, it, so they it's won. it's interesting. So yeah, Born, Bournemouth had thirty five points last season, and uh, Villa. I'm sorry, Bournemouth had 34 points last season and Villa had 35 and their goal differential had that goal counted uh, would have been exactly the same. Um, yep. So, boy. Wow. And you can take the, you can take I, the one point off. Yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And Bournemouth would probably have had a pretty good case. They might still have a good case for, for money. You know, it's kind of... I, it's sort of reminiscent of the of of Tevez in two thousand and seven. Like they might have a case in in that sort of way against um, against Hawkeye. You know, I mean, it's well, a massive amount of money that they're that they're losing out on this year. Obviously, being in the championship versus the Premier League. Yeah, and, and um, Bournemouth was 
I don't know why they didn't file a petition with, with Hawkeye. There was rumors that that might have happened once they were confirmed they were going down. Like, hey, you know, Hawkeye messed up and, and screwed – kind of screwed you guys over. Yeah, you guys didn't have the best run in. But also that goal should have counted for Sheffield United, and it didn't. So you have a viable case. But I, I never heard – I never heard any re- – get any resolve from that from that if they even filed anything i'm I'm not sure there's another universe somewhere where that goal counted and uh maybe we're signing some of the players that villa have kind of swooped up from underneath our noses during this this transfer uh yeah. transfer period right here yeah for so sure and it'll be our and, and we would have finished we would have finished eighth then because if we would have won that game, that would have gave us three points. We wouldn't have finished ninth. We would have finished eighth. Right, right. Wouldn't wouldn't have made too much of a difference uh, regarding Europe. We were well out of contention for Europe, but um, yeah, yeah, we would have finished. That would have been we would have finished one place higher. Very interesting. So I, I'm expecting a typical Villa lineup tomorrow. Um, you know, we're going to get to see Jack Grealish. We're, we yeah. might get a look at Matty Cash tomorrow as well. Oh yeah, I, I, I um, think I think he'll get thrown in the side. Yeah, and I mean, you got they got Ollie Wal- They signed Ollie Watkins from from Brentford right. as their right. striking their stri- new striker. So we'll see him. I, I I honestly think it's it's the same Villa side in and game in and game out. And I listened to their Carabao Cup. Game, I believe they played. Yeah, they played Oxford um, on Tuesday or Wednesday of this past week, and it didn't. Grealish basically had to take the game by the scruff of the neck and handle, like, win the game for Villa. And it's like, yeah, I, I feel, I feel pretty confident in this. That we'll be fine in this match. I, I feel you. I, I, I agree. I, I'm actually pretty confident too. I think that while we did take two losses in the last week, there were a lot of positives, and I I refuse to go pessimistic this season after two games. There, are, you know, reading the commentary online, there's just a lot of pessimism out there. Uh, I think we're going to probably win two nil tomorrow. That's my prediction. How about what do you think? I think uh, I think it'll be one one nil. I think uh, McBurney. I think he wants to get redemption for that penalty miss midweek. So I think he's gonna gonna show up and he's gonna have a game and and I think he'll he'll get the winner. It'll it might be like a like an early first half, like twenty five minutes he gets the goal and then we sit back and it's kinda you know, it evens out from there. Bill's gonna have their chances and but we'll end up we'll get a clean sheet and we'll end up seeing the game out. All right. I th- I'd like to see that happen. I think that I think that yeah McBurney will probably get get a goal. I, I'd hope that McGoldrick would get subbed on at, uh, at about the 45th minute, um, right around halftime. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe the 60th minute somewhere around there. Uh, and maybe he can get, get a goal tomorrow. That would be, I, I see this as a, um, a bang on game for, to get really, really get, uh, McGoldrick's confidence up him scoring early in the season will really do a lot because he, the, I'll tell you, the second part of last season, he was really playing out of his mind. He had everything but the goals last season. And, uh, you know, especially considering his expected goals 
uh, his expected goals average. Um, and I, I, I really hope we can instill some confidence in him. That, that goal in the cup game, I think, definitely give him a boost. Getting a goal in league competition will be uh, really just a huge boost for him. So I'm, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to say 2 0 United tomorrow. And let's go, Blades. Go, Blades. You heard any in information on the big transfer rumor about a certain striker, young, youthful striker by the name of Liverpool? Brian <laughs> Brewster. I'm excited for that one. No, I, you, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I check, I check the, I check the boards. I check Reddit. I check, uh, you know, S two four pretty frequently, but haven't seen anything new. A lot of Liverpool supporters seem to think that it's a done deal at this juncture, but who knows until it, I, it until you know we get the announcement until the gaffer uh, shows up with Brewster next to him and announces it until his video is launched. Uh, everything is is just a rumor. I read Granted, online. I read online that he liked a Sheffield United post saying. Come on, uh, yeah, announce it! Uh, announce, re, announce, re, announce Brewster. So, if it's rumors, twenty-five million for him that young of an age. Yeah, I mean, it's worth worth a shot. I mean, he, don't, he clearly delivered in the championship. Now he's going to get his Premier League chance if he comes to us. Hopefully, he gets a boatload of goals, and then we Liverpool wants a buyback clause. So, I think we're going to make if if. Three four years down the road, we sell him back to him. We make thirty thirty million. We make a five million dollar profit on a player that, hopefully, if we get him, can get us a bunch of goals. Which I think he. I mean, he is. I've watched all his highlights. He is a striker for as young as he is. He is going to get us. He will give us what we are missing at the striker position. But it's only time. It's yeah, only and- time will tell. And Liverpool just signed um, Thiago Alcantara from Bayern Munich for, I think they said it was around 25 million. And they're obviously trying to recuperate some of that money. They also just signed uh, Diogo Jota from Wolves for 45 million. So, you know, they want to, I think that they want to recoup some of that money. Obviously look, their, their piggy bank is huge. They can throw out, more money than du- almost double the money that we've ever spent on on a single player for uh, for Jota. So it, it's it, they. I, I don't know. They they they're probably going to want to recoup some of that money if they have a buyback clause. There's literally no risk for them. It's basically a glorified loan where they might have to pay us a little bit extra money for the work that we've put into them. I actually like I I like a a transfer with a buyback clause rather than alone personally, even if they do take the, the buyback on him, because it could be two years, three years down the road when he's developed a lot more rather than, you know, a loan spell would effectively end at the end of the season. So I like, uh, I like that, that sort of transfer for Brewster. And I just really hope it happens. We, we need some support up front. We need somebody who's going to start and going to be able to put the ball in the back of the net consistently and with confidence I want to believe that McBurney can get there. I want to believe that McGoldrick can get there. I want to believe that Sharp is going to come off the bench and put three or four in this season. I want to believe that Lise Mousset is going to come back. He's going to be fit 
He's going to um, he's going to be in good form. And at the end of the day, what we need is a, a striker who is going to put the ball consistently in the back of the net, going to get anywhere from seven to 10 goals this season. We, we had really, like I, I said this last on the last podcast, we had really well-rounded scoring, but we didn't score that many goals last season. We, 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 our success was completely predicated upon our, our brilliant defending, our brilliant goalkeeping from Henderson last season. While Ramsdale is going to be great, I, I still have confidence that he's going to be a great keeper for us. He's not Henderson. He's got, there are going to be more goals that we're going to let in. How do we make up for that? We need to score goals. So we got to get Brewster. Yeah, and, and with uh, the Moose is going to be out until I think Christmas time with this injury. Uh, if I, it serves me right, I think in the press, the pre-match press conference before Burnley, I think Wilder was asked a question, like, where's Lise Moose And he's uh, – he said he's going to be out for quite a while. So I think the rumor is he's going to be out until he's Christmas. So if we can get him wow. in there to score, to, to help with the goals, because like you said, you, you hit it hit the nail right on the top of the head. We didn't score enough goals. And you got these teams like Leeds is coming in here and just banging in goals. They've got seven in, in two games. We have – we went goalless. We got a goal against Burnley. And hopefully we can get the ship pointed in the right direction, scoring goals to where McBurney is on the verge of just breaking out and just banging in 10, 12 goals in a season. But until then, or if he, if we have it to where he falls off and Brewster comes in or you, you put the two in there and they just feed off of each other, they can score goals and, and hopefully help us to, to state our rightful position in the Premier League. Yeah, I, well, we said this, we said this early on. We're, last year, we had far too many 1-0 victories. And in some of them, yes, we, it was convincing because they didn't, the other side didn't get a sniff of, of goal. But there, that we, we were saved on a couple of occasions by Henderson. And were it not for timely saves from Henderson, three points would have been won in, in some of those 1-0 victories. So that's really where we, we, we need to see more production is on the goals end of the spectrum. Or it's going to be, like everybody said, you know, the second season syndrome is going gonna, is gonna to be in effect. Yep, you know, you're, you're, you're 100% right. And that's, that's what I'm worried about is if the goals dry up and then we start leaking goals at the back, we're in some big trouble. But I think we'll be all right. It, it, I'm curious yeah. to see how we play tomorrow. If we, I know we're going to play better tomorrow than how we did against Wolves. And you can see even, even against Burnley, we played a better game against Burnley. So it's kind of like we're getting the wheels going on, on the car and we're rolling, we're starting to roll down the road and we're picking, we're going to start picking up speed. So I think we should, Tomorrow should be yeah. the, the typical Sheffield United. Yeah, tomorrow tomorrow will definitely be a litmus test for for how things are going to go. Because you know, while Villa obviously didn't have a great season last year, the talent that they've added um, will really boost them. I think this year I'll, they'll probably finish mid-table. I, I want to say somewhere around 13th, 
11th or 12th, somewhere somewhere in there. I think the lower half of the mid-table, I think, is where they'll finish. But they did add some talent. All right, I think that's all we've got for today. Uh, We'll have another podcast coming up this week where we are going to review the Villa game, see how United did. In the meantime, you can find me on social media at sunpuck, S-U-N-P-U-C-K, on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, You can also find me on Reddit at Nessman930, N-E-S-S-M-A-N 930. Chad, where can folks find you on social media? You can find me. I run the Blades in the USA Twitter page and Facebook page. So if you like listening to us here, I post a bunch of different content on our Twitter page. So look us up at Blades in the US. And you can look up me personally on Instagram and Facebook at, at Chad Jarvis underscore 13. And, and if you guys like this pod, hit the subscribe button. Leave a rating, leave a review, and, and, and give us a good a, a good review. We're trying to get this thing rolling, and if you guys really like this, give us, give us a shout-out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Always a pleasure talking to you, Chad. Up the blades. Up the blades. Come on, you blades. <laughs>